Tracy, good morning.
everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give him some glory this morning. He's ready to be praised. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We adore you, Lord God. We thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for being in the present one more time. Amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's praise the Lord this morning in the house of God. Amen. He's ready to be praised this morning. Hallelujah. He woke us up this morning. Amen. He placed us in our right minds this morning. Amen. 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 We welcome everyone this morning to Christ Center Church. So glad to have everyone in the house of God to praise and to magnify the Lord with us. We're going to get right into our service and just continue the momentum that's going on. Amen. We had a powerful 9 a.m. service this morning. And we'll look for another move of God in our 10.30 service this morning. Amen. And I want us to just be excited and just be ready for what God has in store this morning. Amen. Let's just pray together. Father God, we love you. We adore you, Lord God. We thank you for being so good to us, Lord God. We thank you for the present where we can worship you in the beauty of holiness, oh God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your love, oh God. We thank you for being so good to us, oh God. We thank you for the strength in our bodies, oh God. We thank you for the eyes to see, oh God. For the ears to hear, oh God. For the breath of life, oh God. For the strength in our body, oh God. You put food in our table. You put a shield around about us, oh God. You cover us, oh God, under your wings, oh God. You've been our provider. You've been our maker. You are the one that is and that is to come. You the one that we adore, the one that we worship, praise and magnify, the one that we call upon your name, oh God, you are the one that is coming back for us, oh God, we love you, oh God, we glorify your name, and Father God, we praise you this morning, Lord God, we ask you, oh God, that you'll move mightily in our service this morning, bless every aspect of our service this morning, oh God, let your anointing move upon us, oh God, upon our praise singers, upon our pastors, they come to minister Lord God, touch those that are here this morning, those that are on the way, those that are watching there, oh God, on the streaming, oh God, you continue to protect us from all arms and all dangers, oh God, our Father God, as we give you glory today, oh God, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll speak to our hearts, open our minds, oh God, transform us, oh God, creating us a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within us now, oh God. Cast that thy present from us and take not the Holy Spirit from us. Oh God, we love you, Lord God. We adore you. Oh God, we lift up your name this morning. We praise you, oh God, because you alone, oh God, are worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun. Oh God, you are worthy to be praised. You are the one that is and that is to come. Our Savior, our Keeper, our Lord, our Shepherd, the one that we adore. Jesus, we love you. We call upon your name and we worship you this morning. We ask you, Lord God, that will speak to our hearts. Oh God, speak to our minds this morning, oh God. We ask you to bind us together with cords that can never be broken. Help us to stand fast, therefore, in this liberty that way you have made us free. And help us not to get entangled with the yoke of bondage. Help us to cast all our cares upon you, for you care for us, oh God. Help us, Lord God, to look to you from whence cometh our help. Oh God, you are a helper. You are our way maker. You are the first and the last. You are the immutable God. You are the only wise God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of all lords. You are the Alpha.
Alpha and Omega, the one that we adore. Oh God, we come to you this morning because we love you. Oh God, for being so good to us. Thank you for providing for us. We thank you for making ways, oh God, when there seems to be no way. Oh God, we thank you for opening up doors, oh God, for us, oh God. And oh God, as we give you all the glory this morning, Lord God, as we give you all the honor this morning, we ask you to have your way, Lord God. We ask you to continue to provide for us, oh God. Continue to supply all our needs, oh God, according to our riches and glory. Oh God, we give you glory this morning. Have your way among us this morning. Oh God, we ask you, Lord God, that you will come down and move upon us individually and collectively, Lord God. Speak to our hearts this morning. Speak to our minds this morning. Oh God, and as we worship you this morning, we ask you to help us to continue to be in one accord. Help us to be what you call us to be in this hour. And that we'll continue to worship you in the beauty of holiness. We give you all the glory and we give you all the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray this morning. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Let's just praise him for being so good to us this morning. Let's just thank him for all that he has done for us this morning. Oh God, we thank you, Lord God. We worship you and praise you this morning. Have your way in this place. In the mighty name.
worship Jesus this morning. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord.
him this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Great is your faithfulness to me. I'm still going to bless him. Hallelujah. It's been good to me. He's great and he's greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. We welcome everyone this morning to Christ Center Church. So glad to have everyone in the house of God to praise and to magnify our God who is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated for a few minutes. Amen. We thank you for being here this morning. We thank you for being in the house of God this morning. If there is ever a time we need to get closer to God is now. If there is ever a time we need to develop a love and passion for God is now. Why? Because great is his faithfulness towards us. While we were yet sinner, Christ died for us because he loved us so much. Amen. And the least we can do is just keep praising him. In the good times and in the bad times. When things are not going good, just praise him. Because he's worthy to be praised. Amen. We're going to have a video that we're going to show at this moment. So we're going to ask Sister Patrice to queue up and we're going to show our video. Amen. Praise God. I'm Jerome Trinidad. I was born in Tondo, Manila, Philippines. And this is how I came to pastor in Richmond Hill. When God says He will do something, He does it. His promises are true and faithful. And I'm so thankful that my family and I have tasted the promises of God in our life. Many years ago, my wife and I were working hard and God was blessing us. I had a stable job in an IT company and we also had started a good online business. It was amazing. God blessed our business. And within one year, we were able to save some money, down payment for a house for our family. We were tasting the promises of God. Before, when we had no money, you know, I never felt this feeling before. When we had no money before, I, I felt so satisfied and content with life and, you know, peaceful and joyous and seems like no worries in the world. And now that we have enough money and good earnings, all of a sudden, you know, I'll be crying sometimes in the hallway and just, you know, pouring my tears out. And I couldn't understand what's going on with my life. And I would go to bed every night and uh, I couldn't sleep. So one day I called my dad and I said, Dad, what's going on with me? And uh, I believe the Lord called me to the ministry. I remember I was in a regular job, regular office hours. And I went out for a break, and uh, the Lord spoke to me. Now is the time to start a church here in Richmond Hill. So we took the blessings of God He gave us to our business, and used it to pay for the first and last month's rent in our first church property. It was just a small basement location where literally you can actually touch one wall, in the next two or three steps and the other one in the next few steps and if you raise your hands you can actually touch the ceiling but you know you can never sleep despite small beginnings and without Christmas for Christ our church would probably still be in the basement location 
but with CFC offerings, we were able to put more hours into the work of God. Now, there are over 62 regular worshipers in Richmond Hill Apostolic Church. And because of Christmas for Christ offering and the blessings of the church family, we have a new place of worship to call our spiritual home. And now the people are free. Now there's an alt we can do an altar call. There's a place where people can gather and kneel down. People can run the aisle, jump and shout. Wherein we could never do in our previous location. What we planned for our down payment for our home, God used as a down payment in His work in His kingdom. Because of CFC, we taste and see the blessings of God. And as we continue to grow and build, we are more and more thankful for the ministry of Christmas for Christ. I am reminded every year at our church Christmas celebration, I look around and uh, see my family, the church family, and all the souls that we are able to reach with the gospel because of the promises of God and because of the support of His church and because you never stop giving to Christmas for Christ program because Christmas for Christ works because of CFC my family has not just seen the goodness of God we have tasted the goodness of God as He reaches souls in the city of Richmond Hill when we poured into the kingdom of God God opens up the windows of heaven that there should be no room enough to receive all these blessings. Thank you for giving to Christmas for Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. CFC offering. On the three over here to my left, your right, or where you're sitting, and you can see it. We have cards in there that this time of the year we go about, you know, giving our best gift to Christ. The CFC offering that you're giving, you don't know how good that offering is doing to bless someone else. And I know last week we showed a video, and uh, the video that showed the guy said we started in a nursing home. And God, they were able to move, but by giving to CFC offering they were able to transform from there to a place of their own and not only that but they all grown the place that they went and because of our giving so when we give in you know i know one of the days when we continue to give the lord is going to transform us from here to our place of our own so give unto cfc offering and god will bless you in return amen so if you have not yet take an envelope you know feel free to come up if you can give a thousand dollars, take a thousand dollars and give it. You know the Lord will bless you in return. If it's only a dollar you can give, you know the envelopes are there. Be a blessing. Amen. Amen. It's offering time, everybody. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause this morning. It's offering time. Amen. Be a blessing in the in the house of God this morning. We're going to invite you all to stand with us. Amen. As we pray this morning and ask the Lord to bless as we. Uh, Receive the offering this morning. Amen. Praise God. Remember, if you're giving electronically, it's to my left, your right. 
fill out the envelopes properly and just designate where your tithes and offerings are going to. If you want to pay electronics, see Sister Patrice. Amen. Over to my right, your left. Amen. Bow your heads with us. Father God, we love you. We thank you for all you are doing in this hour, Lord God. We thank you for our church family, Lord God. We thank you for bringing us together one more time in this fashion. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing upon every givers. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise, make a way so they can be a blessing, O oh God. We ask you, Lord God, that as they give, O oh God, you will pour upon them blessing, O oh God, that they can't contain, O oh God. Bless them, Lord God, in a tremendous way, Lord God, in a miraculous way. We know you're the God that give and you're the Lord that won that bless it. O oh God, we thank you for your blessing. We worship you and praise you this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. We have some uh, buckets set up in the front and some in the middle. So feel free. Give your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Praise God. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Brother Josiah. Thank you, Brother Scarlett. Appreciate the both of you and just being a blessing to us, the kingdom of God, and to what the Lord wants to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Amen. I want to thank all of you for your um, birthday encouragements and well wishes and love and gifts and everything that I receive uh, the past few days as uh, I celebrate another year of being on this earth. <laughs> Amen. Didn't, wouldn't believe I would get to the age that I am today. You know? Back in the day, we thought people that was this age was just old. <laughs> and now I get to the place, I'm like, oh, I'm one of those people now, huh? <laughs> Talked about those people for a long time, like, whew. You know, I used to hear them say, you know, um, nowadays when they get out of the bed, they hear noises that they never used to hear. I used to look at them like, I don't know what's going on with you. But I thank God for keeping me all these many years, and I didn't always live for him, and now I can say that I live for him. So he kept me even when I wasn't living for him because he knew the day would come that I will surrender to him. Best days of my life is since I've met Jesus and since I've been living for Jesus. Best days of my life. So I thank him. And for all the um, December birthdays, my fellow December birthdays, happy birthday. Many blessings to you. Good month to be born, December. That's all I can tell you. Good month. Yes, sir. Amen. Um, oh, banquet. Yes, that's right. We, um, our banquet um, was canceled. And uh, we didn't cancel it. The governor canceled it. <laughs> you know, we are, we're full steam ahead, whatever we can do. And so the restrictions that was placed upon restaurants and hotels and things like that um, did not warrant us being there. I feel so bad. Um, I talked talk to um, my connections there, and many people have lost their job. You and I that are still working, um, don't take for granted that God has um, blessed us and we're working because there's so many people that are not working. They've lost their jobs, and who knows what they're doing to survive. And um, I just feel like um, we ought to keep them in our prayers. As a matter of fact, pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, for all those that have lost their job in this hour during this coronavirus pandemic, I pray, Lord God, that you'll provide for them. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll make a way for them to obtain earning. Lord, will you keep them in good health and give them strength, Lord God? That they're still able to go out and work. They're still able, Lord God, to, to, to be able to be a part uh, of the workforce and be able to have a living, earn a living, and to be able to take care of their families, to take care of themselves. I pray your blessings upon them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, also, um, we have some, uh, we have a prayer note here for um pansy cummins sister cummins mother um they are our family and so i want to pray for pansy cummins if you will pray for pansy for me with me I, that, that would really be appreciated father we pray for pansy cummins this morning at this moment lord she needs healing into her body we need 
you to touch her mind. And we pray that by your, oh God, stripe, that she will be healed and that healing virtue will flow into her body, will flow into her mind. Will you touch her from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, that she will be made whole by your touch, by your healing power. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to see all of you. Good to be with all of you. Amen. Um, I have um, some not so good news. Um, Maybe I shouldn't preface it because then you start bracing for not so good news. I should just tell you. Um, But um, our New Year's Eve service is going to be a little different this year. So New Year's Eve... um, Those that serve in the church, we will be here um, hosting our New Year's Eve service. But we're not able to get everyone to be here because if everyone is here, then we break the coronavirus um, um, restrictions and we can't do that. So we realized that everybody couldn't be here on New Year's Eve, and that's just one service. So what we will do for New Year's Eve, we will still live stream our service. We will be right here. And those that um, normally set up, those that are a, uh, audiovisual, those that who sings, all the folks that you normally do something, um, you will uh, be here with us because you are who make the service go each and every time we have service. So we need you to be here. And those that um, are not usually ones that are involved um, in that kind of way, then you would have to do it virtually. So that's New Year's Eve service. We will start streaming our New Year's Eve service at 10 p.m., but those of you that are part of the service will be here at 9.30 p.m. So keep that in mind. I will make that statement again, Um, but... That's one of those things that's out of our hands. Wasn't something that, um, of course, I struggled with that because I don't like any restrictions when it comes down to us being together. But I had no choice because if all of us are in this room on New Year's Eve, which folks like to come out for New Year's Eve service, we're, we're, we're going to mess up protocol. And um, it just wasn't going to be um, good enough to have two services because most people want to be here to bring the New Year's the new year in at 12 midnight. So unfortunately we can't do that. So if you are a part of um, the ministries and you are involved in things that we normally do here, then you will be here. And those of you that normally don't, then virtually 10 PM, we will start our service. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, because that's what we got to do. And we will do the best that we can. Everything else is in order. Um, next Thursday Bible study is Christmas Eve service. It won't be, it will be more servicey than it will be Bible study E. <laughs> Amen. And so, um, we won't be long. Normally when we do a Christmas Eve service, it'd be just about an hour. And so we'll come in next Thursday at 7:30. We'll be out of here by 8:30. but we'll just rejoice in the Lord and thank God for his goodness. Amen. I hope I covered all that I need to cover and we will get into the word of God. I will say this, um, brother, um, Joe Korea asked my mother to 
send him his uh, Christmas to Christ envelope in the mail. He's serious, man. Joe is serious. I, I said, Joe is not playing around. So she's going to send him his envelope so he can send in his Christmas for Christ offering. So, Joe, you are the man. Appreciate you. Joe is a servant. And I know it kills him that he's not close enough to help because that's just who he is. He likes to um, be a part and help. And so I'm sure sometimes he think about that as uh, I'm sure he wants to be involved. Those are um, um, folks in our church that are in Florida, in Port St. Lucie, Florida. So um, Dee Dee, she's faithful. I'm sure she wish she was closer. And all the folks that normally um, live stream um, with us, we greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Let's stand and let's turn to James chapter number one. James chapter one. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a good day to be alive. You gonna help me preach this morning? Uh, one say amen. Oh Lord. Two, two, I got two that's gonna help me preach this morning. Amen. I'm gonna preach anyhow. But if you help me preach. You receive better. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, you help the preacher preach and something different goes on with you. Uh-huh. Miss Joy, good to see you. <laughs> Always good to see Miss Joy. Amen. Miss Joy, fight the good fight of faith. Keep on fighting the good fight of faith, Miss Joy. James chapter 1, verse number 1 says, James, actually let me say this to you. I am reading this specific verse, James chapter 1, verse number 1 through 4. I'm reading it in the NIV version, the New International Version, because I feel like it brings a whole lot more clarity than the King James Version. I love the King James Version, and you know I normally use that, and I exclusively normally just use King James, but I feel like this text this morning that we're going to read from um, warrants some NIV. So one of the few times I use any other version, but James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops Perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Verse 3, all of this stuff here is just so good. James, a servant of God. When I read the Bible, I start picking out, am I this? I don't know if you do that, but I read it because I want it to mean something to me too. And so while they're writing to the church of Ephesus and they're writing to the, the, church, of, to, the, church, to, the church of Galatia and, and, and the Corinthians, all right, okay, that's cool. But how does it relate to me? And that's how you want to read your Bible. So when he says James, a servant of God, I ask myself, Wayne, are you a servant of God? Okay, then this referred to me too. Okay, right? And, and, and then he says, now I can say he's talking to me. Verse 2, he says, consider it pure joy. 
my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Powerful. Three, because you know that the testing of your faith. Now, I'm going to kind of probably start out there. I didn't start out there in my 9 a.m. service, but I'm going to start out there in this service because I wanted to get something home before I even get into the message. And verse three says, you know, the testing of your faith. And so the first thing I want to make mention here this morning, because I will not overlook the obvious. Ask yourself, do you have faith? So let's not jump in and start getting all feeling good about this until we can make it relate to us. Because if it doesn't relate, then what good is it? I need it to relate to me. And this says knowing that the testing of your faith. So before your faith can be tested, got to have faith. It can't be tested if it's not there. So our faith must be tested. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. Then the Bible says faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right? Then the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But what is faith? Those are a lot of things that we have like quoted from the Bible to say we have faith and really still didn't conclude if we have faith. So I've always told you this. This is not popular what I tell you all the time and a lot of people don't grasp it. But I have to tell it to you because it's Bible. If you want to know if you have faith, Read this text in First Peter. First Peter, I'm sorry, Second Peter. If you want to know if you have faith, this is how you're going to prove you have faith. Forget about everything everybody says, because people are going to tell you believe, and that means you have faith. People are going to tell you, you know, you know, if you hear the word of God, you have faith. All of that stuff. But how will you know if you have faith? I like to have something tangible, Cheryl, that I can say, I know I have faith because. Because this is why, the, you know, a lot of people think that having the Holy Ghost means that, uh, 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 that I, I, I speak in tongues. And it's true, but tongues is not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God dwelling in you, His Spirit dwelling in you. But when you speak with tongues, you know you have the Spirit. That's the proof. And so now my question this morning is, how do you know you have faith? Right? So here's some place to start to say you know you have faith. Second Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant. Here we go again. A servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. To them that have obtained like precious faith. With us, talking about all of us, the apostles, right? Through righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
grace and peace, he's greeting, be multiplied unto you. How is grace and peace is going to be multiplied unto you? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. According as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertained unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. And so, if you just stick to those three verses of scripture, you will see how I prove I have faith is when I have obtained the knowledge of who Jesus is, that he's both God and man. And when I obtain that knowledge, then I have total confidence in him and what he's capable of doing. So that's where the trust part comes in. Because you don't trust what you don't know. And, but we want to tell ourselves, we, we, what we call it? Blind faith. We don't do that. Just look at your life and see how many things you do and you just had no clue, no idea, but you're going to do it anyhow. We normally do what we know, not what we think. We normally do what we know. So to, for you to prove you have faith, you prove it by saying, do I know who Jesus is? When you know that, you have obtained like precious faith as Peter. And now you are able, keyword able, to have confidence and trust in him and his ability. So when people say faith is trusting in God, they're right. But do you know him? You follow what I'm, what I'm saying now? He, okay, trust him. But do you know him? Because you don't trust what you don't know. So that's why some people are thinking they have faith, and they don't. So let's start off with that this morning to make sure we have that Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, who came to the Virgin Mary, uh, but, 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 but the process of her being pregnant and came through her womb being born, not of man, but of God. And came and was born and grew. But all the while, he was the almighty God who in Genesis said, let there be light. Let grass come. Let tree come. It was that same God. But in Genesis, we couldn't see him. In Matthew, he revealed himself. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. When you know that, you have faith, and now it's up to you to say, okay, now that I know him, I can trust him. Now that I know him, I understand his capabilities. Because here's the thought. How can God do that? How can God, when I read in Genesis... He was a spirit that we couldn't see. And now I'm reading in Matthew, and he's now God that I can see. How did he do that? If he does that, and I know that, 
then I can trust him. Then I can believe him. Then that's when I can run around here and says blind faith. It's not really blind faith because you already know. And so you're saying because I know him, I'm fully confident and comfortable in what he can do. I can just I can stand and just fall all the way back knowing he's going to catch me. I'm not worrying about it. Lord Jesus, we love you today and we thank you for your word and for this opportunity to come together as your church, Lord God. I pray, Father, that the power from on high will move in the midst of us. You will, oh God, speak to our hearts and you will demonstrate your power. Will you place me in the flow of your spirit and allow me to speak as your oracle? Let none hear today without understanding, but impart to them, Lord God, clarity and wisdom, oh God, to apply the word of God. I pray change will come to each and every one of us, Lord. Let your will be done, Lord. Your kingdom come. We ask you, Lord God, all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let everyone say amen. Amen. You may be seated. James wrote to believers facing difficult times as we are today. That's good. Their troubles range from personal trials to disabling doubts, from persecution for following Christ to the lure of respectability in their community and the dangers of spiritual pride. Those are just things that they faced as James was ministering to them. James wrote to encourage his brothers and sisters in their faith. And I hope this morning I can encourage each and every one of you in your faith this morning. But make sure you have faith. Make sure you understand what faith is and you obtain faith before you leave here today. Whenever we find ourselves in a trial, our first line of defense is to avoid, deny or escape. We don't like trials. So by all means necessary, we try to get out of them. We try to avoid them. We try to deny them. We try to escape from them. We don't want to face trials. We would rather turn our back to trials. But James is not writing here about avoidable trials. No, 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 no. These are not difficulties we look for so we can practice endurance. These are trials and temptation that come looking for us. Everything that's a trial, that's a test to you, is not from the devil. Everything that's a trial and a temptation to you is not somebody coming against you. It's not somebody don't like you. It's not somebody have a problem with you. It's not somebody doing something to you. Some trials and tests that you're dealing with, that you're experiencing, that you face, that you will face is going to be ordained by the Almighty God. The question is, you need to figure out if the trial, the tests, the challenge that you're dealing with, was it ordained by God or was it something I did for it to happen? Mm-hmm. Escape will be an option when you are the one 
that brought that situation, that trial, that temptation in your life. You see, there's trials that we bring in our lives, and there are trials that God sends our way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Escape is certainly a valid strategy when you brought it into your life. Because you may have had bad habits, because you had probably had made wrong choices. Now you're in a situation, you're in a trial, you're in a, you're, you're in a temptation situation because you may have brought that in your life. That's when escape become one of the possibilities. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13, the word of the Lord says, There had no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So when you make a mess of your life, when you make wrong choices, and now you're in a pickle, and you're in a situation with temptation because you did it, God is so good that he will still come to your rescue if you call on him, and he will make a way for you to escape. You notice, he didn't say, I will deliver you out of it. When you bring it on you, you're going to have to decide if you want to get out of it. When God bring it upon you, he will get you out of it. The ways of God. And so when you start making a mess of your life, you might stay in it for a long time, depending on if you really want to come out or not. But God is not going to hold your hand and bring you out of it. You're going to have to want to get out of it. But when God sent a, a, a trial your way, he's sending it for your own good, for your own purpose. And so he will make sure you get out of it when he sends it. He will do whatever he has to do. Lot made a wrong choice. This one is tricky. Lot made a wrong choice to go down to Sodom and Gomorrah. But here is why the Lord held his hand and brought him out of that. Because Sodom and Gomorrah was already messed up. And God was judging Sodom and Gomorrah, so God was destroying that. So you might say that that situation was a God thing. So God sent his angel, come on, you got to get out of there, boy, and made him get out. But when we get ourselves in situation. Remember Peter denied Christ? He got himself in that situation. And God made a way for him to escape. Because sooner or later they could have captured him, remember? Or weren't you with Jesus? And he started cursing. No, that wasn't me. They could have captured him. But the way of escape, the Lord didn't get everybody focused on him. And so he was able to just draw out of there and get out of there and went crying and just bawling because he realized he had denied Christ like Christ said he would. But he made a way for him to escape. So when you make the mess and you want to get out of the mess, he will make a way for you to escape. When he sends the trial your way, you're going to have to bear it until he says it's time. Time is up. Uh-huh. Because, because both those situations work differently in your life. 
Yes. When we face trials, we tend to ask the question, why is this happening to me? If only we could understand God's reasoning, (laughs) it would be much easier to endure the situation that I'm dealing with if God will just let me know what's going on. Line. Line. If God told you what was going on, there's a lot of things God can tell us about we still won't understand. Because some things you won't understand until you get to heaven. No sense of us beating our gums up trying to get God to explain something when God is like, ah, even if I talked to you about this, you wouldn't even get it. Uh-huh. If we can explain, we think we can endure. But insisting on specific answers actually weakens our endurance. God is trying to build something in us when he sends a trial our way. But if we're trying to understand it, it it is not doing what it's supposed to do in our life. James does not encourage us to expect understanding. He urges us to continue in our faithfulness to Jesus with joyful endurance rather than attempt to explain every event that God allows to come in our life. I don't need to explain it. I I said this morning, I said, when things start happening, people will come and pull the preacher to the side. So what do you think God doing? Can't tell you how many times over the years people have pulled me to the side, want me to explain something that they think God may be doing. So, So why God? I mean, why he allowed Corona to come? Why he allowed 9-11? Why he allowed Ebola? Why he allowed the Spanish fly? How did I know about the Spanish fly? Why do you allow those things? I told y'all I wasn't always saved. A lot of stuff, stuff I shouldn't be knowing. But people like to know, why do you allow these things? And when they start asking me these things, Brother Sharp, I just start talking around it. Because to me, when you know God, when you have faith, You don't need to know. What God wants you to know, he will let you know. And so if he don't come telling me what he wants me to know, and if I ask him and he never answers, I'm done with it. I don't need to know because if he wanted me to know, he would tell me. But we start asking questions and start thinking that, okay, okay, well, you know, if if we get some understanding. When people start asking what's going on with it, Can I let you into a secret so you can do like I do? When they start asking you, it means they don't have a good relationship with God. And so what you need to say is, listen, I was talking to my friend the other day, your husband. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. I I don't have to um, look in your direction so everybody won't know. Yeah, your husband, my good friend, love, love him to death. And I was so happy he called me. And so we were talking a little bit. And we're talking about just so many losses that we've experienced this year and how bad things have been with people dying and so many things. 
And, you know, he started asking about stuff. And I said, listen, I don't have the answer to everything that's going on. I mean, some things I can speculate, but I don't waste my time doing that. What I will tell you is this is all showing us and revealing to us that the end of the age and that the return of Jesus Christ is at hand. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know anything else. All you need to know is get yourself ready to meet Jesus. All you need to know is get right, get ready, and get a right relationship with Jesus Christ. So whatever happens, it does not matter because you will be in the hands of the Lord. Get ready for Jesus. That's all I can tell everybody that wants to know what you think. I can sit down with you and, 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 and talk intellectually, but it gets us nowhere when we get up, when we get done talking. It means nothing. Because at the end of the day, if we're not right with God, whatever happens is, is going to not be good for us. I just encourage everybody to get right with God. No need for me to try to figure out what coronavirus means. Everybody now is worried about what is in the vaccine. Are they trying? Is this going to be the mark of the beast? Is this going to be this? Is this going to be that? Just get a relationship with Jesus. Just get a relationship with Jesus. Won't matter. We're trying to figure all of this out when all I need to know is God allowed Corona. I love my God so much. He loves me so much. We have a relationship. And so I know him good enough that if he allowed it, then deal with it, Wayne. And I ain't got time to be asking questions. If he allowed it, because he loves us. He is coming back for us. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Listen, if, if he didn't allow the three Hebrew boys to circumvent the, the fiery furnace. He went in the fiery furnace with them. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Whether the fiery furnace... Whether I'm, I'm in this situation with corona and death all around me, as much as it hurt, I cannot do anything about it. And that should get our attention to say, my God, I need to live for God. Because we cannot do anything. Uh, uh, my good friend, the other day we're talking, and we're just like, man, you know, people leaving here, and we can't be at the funeral. We, we can't be at the bedside. It's just crazy. It's bad enough they're battling corona, and then if they, contr if they contract it and they're dying, we can't do anything about it. And he's right. But then let's follow that up and say, but who can? J-E-S-U-S. -S. That's the only one who can. So why don't we just submit and surrender to him and just roll with him and let that take care of everything? Because there's nothing we can do about it. No sense of getting mad at him and, and say, why did he allow it? What do we do when we face trials of many kinds and cannot explain them? Our first inclination is how quickly can I get out of this? Somebody posted, we're in the fifth year of Corona. Did you see that post? Somebody posted, we're in the fifth year of Corona. Because that's how long it feels like we've been in 2020. 
for five years. Corona had been, it been like Corona been around all our lives. The whole, and somebody said to me, my son said the other day about the summertime. I said, what happened this summer? I don't even know what went on summertime. I'm gone. I'm, it's like, what happened this year? I can't remember summer. Oh, my goodness. What did I do summer? Don't know. It's crazy. So, 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 the bottom line is, we had no control over this thing. And he allowed it to happen. So, I'm counting it all joy because I believe he's allowing it to happen because it's for our good. I don't care. what Now, now somebody real intelligent and smart that has some high office will probably say, man, you're ignorant for what I just said. That this is for our good. I'm sure they'll say that. But you know why they'll say that? Because they're only living for the here and now. That's why it sounds like an ignorance. When you're just living for the here and now, that's ignorant. But if you're not just living for the here and now, and you understand the word of God that says, when the apostle Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And what Paul essentially is saying is, while I live on this earth, I will serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I die, I will be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. So wherever I am, I'm going to be in his presence. That's what Paul is saying. So when you're living your life like that, then I can say it's for our good and it makes sense. But when you're living your life to enjoy this life in this world and that's all you're living for, what I just said sound ignorant. I know. But I thank God for his wisdom, man. I thank God for his word. I thank God for giving me an understanding of who he is. I thank God for coming into my life because what I know, I know until you know Jesus, you will never know it. Until you know Jesus, you can't understand it. The worst thing that could happen to a human is to leave this world and open your eyes and be in a real hell. Worst thing. You, you, all while you were here, man, that, that's, that ain't real. Man, God loves us. We're going to get there. And you just live any way you want. And the day you left here, if I go by the scripture, the very moment you die, if you're not right with Christ, you go straight to there. In hell, he lifted up his eyes and he says, can you get a, a, a fingertip of water to cool my tongue? If that's real, call me ignorant all you want. Because the one that died in Christ, he lifted up his eyes and he was carried away in the bosom of Abraham and in the presence of God, waiting for the resurrection of the church so we can all spend eternity with him in heaven. Call me ignorant if that's how I think and believe, but that is exactly how I think and believe. One day we will spend eternity with him where there will be no more crying and no more dying and no more tears and no more pain. I look forward to that day. 
I'm not doing this because it's, it's, it's a good tradition. I'm not doing this because it makes you a good person. I'm not doing this because it looks good to some people. I'm not doing this because it makes me morally sound. I'm doing it because I know Jesus. I'm doing it because I want to spend eternity with Jesus. I'm doing it because I love Jesus. This is not something I'm doing just to come to this place and just say, well, the good people go to church. The ones that don't go, they ain't no good. I ain't doing it for that. I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it because I want to be in a relationship with Jesus for all eternity. In this world and beyond this world, I want to be in a relationship with the creator, the one that created everything, the one that created me and you and this world and gave us breath and life. I want to be in a relationship with that one that loved me more than anyone else. That's why I'm doing it. Hope you're doing it for that too. Mm-hmm. Any shortcut offered in tempting when you're in that situation is not good. Quick solutions for your trials often involve compromise. You hear me? When you're in your trial, you want an easy solution. Got to touch this one. I can't help but mess with the young people here. I know y'all generation different. The easy way out of problem, we need to get a divorce. Ethan, get a Wayne attitude if that ever come up. I don't care what you say. We ain't going nowhere. We're going to work this out. And if you want to be mad, that's your business. But we staying in this. We ain't going nowhere. And you ain't divorcing me. Forget the easy way out. It never works. The devil make us think the easy way out works. And it does not. God will allow things to come into our marriages. God will allow things to come into our families. God will allow things to come into our workplace and our homes. Wherever he allows it to come, he will allow it. But what will you do? What will you do? Because it's a trial. It's a test. God is trying to build something up in you. God is trying to prepare you to spend eternity with him. God is trying to work in your life that you will have great impact and influence to help others in this life. When you run, when you look for shortcut, you help nobody, not even yourself. Nobody. Just yourself. And you think you're helping yourself, and I don't think you do, because eventually you, you sit back. I've watched, you've heard me say this, I've watched older people get old, and they can't do what they used to do. Ugama, you know what they start saying when they really get to the place where they can't do what they used to do? They start wishing some things was different in their life that they can't change. That's what you see most of all 
when you're dealing with people that get older. It seems like you think more about things you wish you would have done than you think about the good times. That's what I've seen when people get older. I don't I don't see I don't I don't see many people get older and 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 live a life of content saying I feel good about what I've lived. I feel good how I've lived. I feel good about where I am. I don't see a lot of that. I see people saying, yeah, it was a couple of things that was good, but I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have never done that. And they, it, they only dwell on what they wish they could have, should have, would have. And they dwell on those things. So the biggest thing that we need to try to do is do so much enough of what Jesus is calling us to do, that we will have more of a uh, just contentment when we get older than to be regretting. Because if you live in God and you serve him with all your heart, very little you will be regretting. Because you will realize he's in control. There are things in my life that when it starts in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, there are things in my life that, that happened in Christ that at, at some point in time I was mad about and I wasn't accepting. And when I realized it was the will of God, you can't tell me nothing now. So there are some things in, in Christ that you don't realize it's Christ at the beginning, so you act a fool. But when you come to the knowledge of the truth that that was Christ, I said, bring it on, Jesus and so all the things that I thought I was mad at at some point in time because of how I acted today, I thank God for it. Today I thank God for it. I act stupid. I act sinful at times. I, I act ways that I shouldn't have because I didn't think it was God and I'm mad. stopping like a kid. But today, I've squared my shoulders and say, Jesus... All of that you were doing because you had a plan. All of that you were doing because you wanted to do something in my life. All of that you were doing, and I was just such an idiot and mad and only thinking selfishly. And now today, I am so grateful. I get on my knees and I bawl and I cry and I thank God because he always knows what is right, what we need. And even when we don't like it, he knows just what we need to take us where he's taken us. Trials should not be allowed to outlast us. The challenges in your marriage and your relationship should not outlast you. You must outlast your trials. Trials should not be allowed to outlast you. You must outlast them. James say to consider our trials pure joy. How can a person consider trials a reason for joy? That just doesn't sound right. This is a remarkable command. We are to choose to be joyful. In situations where joy would naturally be our last response. When, when certain circumstances make us angry and we want to blame the Lord. James directs us to healthier alternative. Joy! When trial come, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Don't get mad at your trials like they're intruders. 
welcome them as friends. Matthew 26, 48. I'll show you what our Savior, our Master, our Lord, how he handled business. So you can handle business. So you see, I'm not just talking crazy. Matthew 26, verse 48. Now, he that betrayed him gave them a sign saying, whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold them fast. And, a, and forward he came to Jesus, talking about dirty Judas, and said, hell, master. This is Judas. Like he all good with Jesus. Hell, master. Call him the master. And he kissed him. And Jesus said unto him. What did Jesus say unto him? Called him friend. He was, he, he was there to betray his master, his Lord and Savior. And his Lord and Savior called him friend. God is trying to show us something that we don't understand. Jesus called Judas friend, the one who was a thief, who betrayed him and led him to be taken. In other words, Jesus called his child friend. So when you know that you're up against a trial, that trial is supposed to be your friend. And that's why your car counted all joy, because that trial has come to make you better. It is your friend. It is not your enemy. Mess with you a little bit. I've had people in my life, Cheryl, while I'm a Christian, that I feel like they were just there to just drive me crazy. And then I end up realizing that God put them there to help me be a better Christian. Uh, I want, you know, how we like to view things, we think everything's supposed to be smooth sailing. We think, we think, oh man, this got to be a certain way. And I realize that God, Brother D, will allow you to be connected with somebody that just drive you crazy. Not your wife. Because <laughs> I know that's what you're thinking over there. <laughs> he probably wrote and said, yeah, he already gave me that. I know that. <laughs> I'm not talking to your wife, D. No, 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 no. <laughs> he will put people in your life that just rub you the wrong way. And you try to get them out of your life. I can't stand them. I just, when I see their number come up, I just don't take that call. Sister Sharp, we got to take the call. Because God placed them in our life, Rayon, to help us be more like him and so when you're avoiding the call when you're avoiding re running into them when you're avoiding you know being in the same place where they are you're only delaying what your development is supposed to be in Christ you're delaying your development when you ignore when you try to stay away from the people who rub you the wrong way you're a Christian you're filled with God's spirit and you're supposed to allow God to work in you greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and we gotta allow God to work in us accommodate them see how you have grown in Christ because you know if you weren't in Christ, you'd have been told them off. So prove 
that you are growing in Christ. Because if you're behaving the same way in Christ like you were out of Christ, you've got to ask yourself, are you really in Christ? Jesus called Judas friend. He didn't get upset and all worked up about it. Why? Why didn't Jesus get upset and all worked up about it? Because Jesus had prayed already about the situation and he says, not my will, but thine will be done. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2, the word of God says, Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Help me now. Here in this church, Jesus, you know why he never got worked up? Because he wasn't putting his eyes on the trial. Brother Sharp, our eyes are not supposed to be on the trial. Our eyes are not supposed to be on Corona. Our eyes are not supposed to be on who's president. Our eyes are not supposed to be on whether the vaccine is going to work or not. Our eyes are supposed to be on Jesus. Jesus didn't look at the trial he was in. He didn't worry about Judas. He didn't worry about going to the cross because he'd already prayed about the cross. What Jesus was doing was looking at you. What Jesus was doing, Ugama was looking at me. What Jesus was doing was looking at the wall that would be saved. Oh, you're not hearing me this morning. He was looking at the wall that would be saved. The people who would repent and be baptized in Jesus' name, filled with His Spirit. He was looking at people who would live a life that's abundant. He was looking at the goodness that will come to all of us. He never looked at the trial. That's how you defeat. That's how you get through the trial. Stop looking at it. I don't care if the virus is going to work or not. And I'm not being ignorant. You know, I'm, I don't mean it literally like that. I'm respectable. And I trust medicine. I trust the people that leads us. What I'm saying is you will not see me fighting no fight about what you think about the vaccine. What do you think about who's going to be president? What do you think about the vaccine? They're going to put stuff in there to try to control you and know your every move. If you got a smartphone, they're already doing that. Man, we we so we so lost about stuff. You just stay connected with the one who is the King of Kings. Just stay connected with the one who is the Lord of Lords. Just stay connected with the one who will deliver you and save you, who is coming back for you. Just stay connected with him. Just stay connected with him. We're overthinking this thing. We're overthinking it. God will protect you if you are a servant of God. If I'm going to go do something stupid, innocently, God will step in. I'm not worried about if the vaccine is going to work or don't work. I'm not worried about if tracking mechanism is going to be in a vaccine. I'm not worried about that. I live for Jesus. I am a servant of the Most High God. 
I have work to do for him. He wants me to preach his word. He has sent me to preach his gospel. There are people that he wants me to minister to. There are situations he called me to be in. That's who called me, and I'm going to serve him. He's not going to allow anything to take me out before my time. Not worried about it. Not worried about it. If I leave here now, it's because my work is complete. And that's the only time you get to rest. I'm fussing these days, Brother D. I, my, my wife, somehow, she okay or she's not telling the truth. But she okay with not going on vacation. And me and my kids, we're dying. I mean, we're dying, man. We, every time we talk about it, we're like, man, oh, what are we going to do? You know, we're like struggling with this thing. Like normally, you know, we're getting some sunshine in some Caribbean someplace. And, you know, we're just chilling and we get to get to get away. And we, we you know, we, none of that this year. And we're dying. And she's like, ah, you'll be all right. Like, sis, sis, you know, you don't have, she don't have the Wyatt juice flowing in her. You got the Wyatt juice flowing. You want to get away. Uh, like, sis, I try to talk her into, you know. A little something, something. I say, how about we just go down to like Florida somewhere and just, you know, stay in a resort down there. At least we just away. You'll be all right, bro. <laughs> Woo! I hear you, sis. I'm with you. We joined to the hip. So I can't leave you. Even though if we leave you and go down... I don't know what she's going to do. She must go move out when we come back. Because if she thinks we're going to get something when we're on the flight or we get something, you know, while we're down there, when we come back, you're going to have to go up to Montclair for a little bit because we're coming back. Now what's she going to do if we got the virus? <laughs> oh, man. Listen, you just got to laugh this thing. You can't let this thing get you so wrapped up, man. I am, I am devastated. We've, we've had so many losses, and then we couldn't do a good job in sending them off the right way. But it's out of our control. It's out of our control. I wish I, I wish I can do something to bring some of our loved ones back. I wish I can do something that even if it's their time, that we could have made it more special when we send them off. I wish we can do that. But it wasn't in our control. What is in your control is that you can live for Jesus. What is in your control is that you can, you can serve him. What is in your control is that you can allow him to work in you and through you. Victorious faith is what we need in this hour. Our joy is based on confidence in the outcome of the trial. You know, people want to think, that preacher's crazy. You're supposed to just be, uh, have joy in, no, 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 no. Because I get my information from the Lord, I know it's right. So you're supposed to have joy understanding the outcome of the trial. Now, you can't have joy if you can't go beyond the outcome of the trial, which means you probably don't have faith. If you don't go beyond the outcome of the trial, it means faith is not working in your life. And the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible. So you're out of the will of God when you start worrying and not looking beyond. 
Help me, Jesus. Joy. What is joy? Joy is a deep sense of well-being that may at the same time uh, be embraced in sorrow, in tears, in laughter, in anger, in pain. So you can be in, in, in sorrow and tears and laughter and anger and pain and still have joy. Joy is more a decision than a feeling. It is choosing to live above feelings but not deny them. It is not intense happiness. Joy is not intense happiness. Although choosing joy sometimes produces happiness, joy is a particular, is, is a is a, is a Christian response to life since it depend on faith in God's sovereignty. As Christian, joy is what's supposed to flow from us no matter what the situation. Joy is quiet and grateful and inwardly delight in the goodness of God. Romans 14 and 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat, and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The Word of God here encourages us to have joy no matter what the trials are that we face. Although we tend to think of testing as a way to prove what we don't know or don't have, on the contrary, sir, testing ought to be seen as a positive opportunity to prove what we already know and have learned. We don't like trials. You know why we don't like trials? Because we think that trials forces us to, to live out what we've already learned. Trial force us to live out what we learn and what we know. Just like when you take a test in school. They're giving you a test because they want to see what you have learned so far in the semester or for the year. And you're uncomfortable because you really don't know what you have learned. And it's the same thing with your Christian walk. God will send trials your way, tests your way. So you can see what you have already learned. So you can see who you are. God sends trial our way so we can see who we are, what we've learned, and how we're growing in God. That's why he sends them. And we are uncomfortable because we don't want to prove who we are, what we've learned, where we are. And so we get uncomfortable in the trial. Trials are God's attempt to prove our faith is genuine. It is a test that has positive purpose. The person being tested should become stronger and purer through testing. In this case, the trials do not determine whether or not we believe we have faith. Rather, the trials strengthen believers by adding perseverance to their faith that they already possess. First Peter 1 and 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Verse 7 is the key verse here. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than a gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, 
might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And so the trial of your faith, it's only to make your faith pure. It's only to make your faith genuine. When you are tried, when you are tested, easy, it's to make your faith strong. It's to purify your faith. It's to make you understand what you have already learned. Victorious faith. Victorious faith. We cannot really know our own depth until we see how we react under pressure. We don't want pressure, but pressure is the only thing that will test if what we have, we really have. In verse 4 in James that we read earlier, it says perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. What faith, what faithful perseverance generate is a whole person. What faithful perseverance, when you have faith and you persevere in your faith, what it does, it, it generates the whole person. You remember the guy that the, the ten lepers? One came back, he was made whole. The nine only got healed. The one that came back, he got healed and was made whole. God wants to make us whole. He just don't want to give us trinkets of healings. Some of us just want to live in blessings. And God is saying, are you kidding me? That's just normal with me. If that's all you want, you're missing out. Because I got more than blessings for you. <laughs> perseverance generate a whole person and so when the scripture says that when perseverance uh, is finished then we become mature complete and not lacking anything when you are mature you become seasoned experienced well developed fit for the task God sent us into the world to do maturity is the sin is in this sense, is not related to age. It is a quality developed by how much we have learned from the trials we have experienced. God is trying to get us mature. And so he sends trial. Complete, fully trained. The weaknesses and imperfections are being removed from our character. We are gaining victory over all sins. We are demonstrating a sense of competence about life. Not lacking any, anything, we will not be lacking anything when we are mature and complete in all the essential areas of life. Not lacking anything describes a security or contentment that comes from knowing that God has all that we need when we need it. And so I close. I said this morning, as I will say now, God gave me a thought as I was preparing this message for you all. And here's the thought that he gave me. Have you ever watched an action movie or a TV show and find yourself intensely into it? I'm sure you have. You may have been in tune and just consumed by it 
for the action. I like action movies. And so you might be in it because of the action. But you also may be caught up in it because of the storyline. Often in these shows, the star will get into an impossible challenging situation where it seems like he or she will not get out and could die. But some way, somehow, the star gets out in a victorious way. And we all cheer and celebrate. Well, consider yourself as the movie star. Mm-hmm. And you're in some impossible situation, Shauna. You're in a challenging situation that look impossible. That people will look at and says, man, I have no clue how they're going to get out of this. And all of a sudden, it starts happening. And you start getting out. And before you know it, you're out and you're victorious. And the Lord wanted me to share with you. He said, you're the movie star. And he is the writer, director, producer, and author of everything. You're the movie star. He is the writer, director, producer. He is the everything. If movie directors and writers can write scripts, Nasir, that can get people going, get their adrenaline flowing. Oh, my goodness. What's going to happen? How are they going to get out? I know it's the movie, but God is all powerful. God is all knowing. And while everything seems like it's coming against you, our God, he already wrote the script. You are already going to be a victorious star in the show. You are already a victorious star in the show. And no matter what your situation may be, no matter how trapped you may seem, no matter how much it looks like, you will never get out and you're going to die. I want you to know the author, the finisher, the writer, the director, the producer, Almighty God, Jesus Christ, he will Make a way out of no way. Your trial is not there to kill you. It's there to strengthen you. Let's stand to our feet. And so, I shared this Thursday, and I just can't stop thinking about it. And I'm compelled to share it this morning with you as we get out of here. Some of you understand what we call the gifts of the spirit. And there's many different gifts of the spirit. And one of the gifts of the spirit is tongues. And another gift is interpretation of tongues. And one of our dear, wonderful minister in the United Pentecostal Church, Raymond Woodward, was in a place where there was tongues and interpretation of tongues of the Lord speaking to the congregation. It drew Raymond Woodward's attention because the Lord had spoke to his congregation with tongues and interpretation and said the same thing. So when he heard it from someone else, the Lord saying the same thing, he thought, my goodness. So they recorded it. Because a lot of times, not everybody, uh, because you don't know when the Lord is going to do something. 
And so you can just be in a service and all of a sudden somebody begin to speak in tongues. And then, then, then somebody will interpret what, what was just said because the Lord is speaking to everybody. You don't know when that can happen. It can happen just like that. And so a lot of times it's hard to, to, to record that. But we got a recording of this one. And so Raymond Woodward tell the story this way. Marvin, Marvin and Claudette Walker have led Faith Apostolic Church in Troy, Michigan, for the past 20 years. But you may also know them from the years they have invested in leading Bible quizzing, Tupelo Children's Mansion, or Family Life Seminars. They are wonderful, godly people, and they know how to hear from the Lord. This is a prophetic word given to Claudette Walker on Sunday, November 29th, 2020, for the body of Christ. I am amazed, this is Raymond Woodward saying this, I am amazed but not surprised at how closely it parallels what the Lord spoke to our church on that same Sunday. Here is what the Lord spoke that was recorded. This is the word of God that's not written in the Bible that God spoke. My precious children. I would say unto you today that I understand that you do not understand. I feel your confusion. I feel your heaviness. You have cried out to me, but many of the things that you have asked of me, I have denied. I understand that this is difficult for you. My call unto you today, my children, is to trust me. I am asking you to trust me. I have you in a spiritual gym. I am adding weights to the barbell each day. This is not because I am uncaring father, but because I am a loving father. I know how strong your spiritual muscles must be to endure these last days. So I add more weights to the barbell. Your faith muscles must exert and become stronger to fight and to stand in this day when the spirit of the Antichrist is exponentially increasing every day. The war is raging, my children, and I am preparing you to become victors. Do not despise the process that I am putting you through. I am causing you to lift heavy weights. Every time that you lift the weight and declare my word in spite of how you feel, your faith in me grows. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So I urge you to bathe yourself every day in my word. Cling to my word. Speak my word in spite of what you see and your faith will grow. You will not only make it through these last days, but you will be strong and will do exploits. I must not pamper you. I must not cuddle you. But I must train you. My coming is nigh, even at the door. Yet, before I come, there will be great outpouring of my spirit. 
I am preparing you to bear the weight of my glory. Stand against these evil spirits that come against you, my children. Although I allow heaviness upon the inhabitants of the earth, this day I am raising you up, for I am training you. Now I ask you, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? The enemy is trying to sever your faith, for that is your lifeline to me. Whatever you must do, do not allow that to happen. Cling to my word. Cling to me like never before. I am requiring blind faith from you. When you walk in darkness, still trust in the light of my promises. My patient, my children, I love you with an everlasting love. I love you so much that I'm training you to stand and to trust in the process of my plan. Thus saith the Lord. This is what God is trying to say to us. I told you the other day, I didn't know anything about all of these stuff. Last Saturday morning, when I sat to pray, God put in my spirit that 2020, we must live by faith like we've never done it. God put in my spirit that faith is going to be the greatest thing that you want to exercise in 2021. Because the bottom line is, there's going to be all sort of desires and draw for there to be signs and wonders and for demonstration. And when man and the devil will do it, man will get the credit and it won't be God. And people will be drawn to man and they will turn their backs on God. But if you will have faith, knowing who he is, and have total confidence and trust in him, when you see signs and lying wonders, when you see things that's not right, you won't be drawn away from God because you will know what is of God and what not of God. And so God wants you to have faith. He is strengthening you so you can be strong in faith because it's going to take faith to move through 2021. This thing is not over and it's going to take faith to move through. That's why he's testing your faith in 2020. So in 2021 he tested our faith in 2020. He sent trial our way in 2020. In 2021 we're supposed to be pure. In 2021 we're supposed to be strengthened. So whatever comes in 2021 we will handle it if we allow this trial to make us pure, to make our faith genuine, to strengthen our faith. If we allow 2021, 2020 to do what it was supposed to do, we will be victorious in 2021. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We honor you today, Lord God. Great is your faithfulness. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. There is none like you, Jesus. I thank you for loving us and for caring for us the way that you do. For speaking to us. For encouraging us. For leading us and upholding us. We thank you for trials. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and your mercy and your kindness and your love. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Jesus, we thank you today because you've been good to us. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name, Lord, today. We walk by faith and not by sight. We trust you, Lord, for we know you're the Lord God Almighty. God, manifest in flesh. God, all-powerful and sovereign. We worship you and we adore you. I pray today.
today somebody will hold to the word that's been spoken into their hearing and that they will become doers of your word and not hearers only. I pray for transformation. I pray, Almighty God, for our faith to be pure and genuine. And God, we will live this life of faith with all righteousness in holiness, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we love you. Lord Jesus, we thank you today. Oh, have your way, Lord God. Let the love of God be shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost as we go today from this place, Lord. Keep us, Lord God. Oh, allow us to walk in the power of your might and in your strength, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, bless and strengthen this church. Equip us and use us, Lord, to do the work of the ministry. Father, have your way. We thank you for your word. Now, Lord, will you grant us wisdom to apply the word that's been spoken into our hearing. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Will somebody thank the Lord today? Will somebody give the Lord praise? Will somebody honor Jesus? Will you honor him? Will you honor him? Will you honor him? Honor the Lord with all your heart, with all your substance. And all praise in the name of Jesus. Come on, clap your hands up to the Lord. Come on and just open up your mouth and just say, Thank you, Jesus. 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 We love you, Lord. Come on, give him praise in this house. Give him praise in the house of the Lord. Give him praise today. He's worthy. He's worthy. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you, Jesus. Oh.